Hello and welcome. You are listening to That Plant-Based Doula Podcast. My name is Serenity and I am your host and That Plant-Based Doula. In this podcast, we discuss various topics pertaining to natural reproductive and general health using whole plant-based foods and herbs, as well as other natural implements. Let's go ahead and get started. Hey everybody, oh my goodness, I cannot believe that it's been over three months since I've recorded on here. Um, (laughs) Life has been crazy to say the least. I, oh my goodness, I don't really have an excuse you guys. I just kind of, everything fell on the wayside. Um, My energy levels have been down. A lot of stuff has been going on in my life. And if you follow me on Facebook mainly Facebook. I am really trying to work on my Instagram skills. But if you follow me on Facebook, then you know that recently I found out I was pregnant and then also recently had a miscarriage or a loss. And uh, you guys, it's just been, it's just been a lot. And it's not in the way that you probably think. And I'm going to talk about that miscarriage, that loss in this episode, I, I'm, I wanted to kind of tell, you know, you the things that doctors or textbooks don't always tell us about a loss. And I wanted to kind of talk about the timeline of events of what happened in my experience. So if you are, you know, triggered by the topic of loss, then this probably is not an episode for you. So I wanted to let you know that now. And And then also, if you're wanting to know more, if you're wanting, you know, that connection with somebody who's also experienced it, then keep listening. So I'm really excited. Before we dive into this topic, I really wanted to say hey and give a shout out to Heather Carvey. She is a plant-based nutritionist. She is all holistic health everything. She's been doing this for a good decade I don't even know if she's even going to listen to this podcast, Um, but if she does, if you're listening, Heather, hey girl. So I just, I want you all to go follow her, go learn from her. She is incredible. And whether or not you're a a professional in any realm, I'm sure that all of us can relate to finding somebody that is just badass all around. And for me, professionally, this chick is... I mean, she is the perfect example of everything that I want to be, and she's just so put together, she's so cool, she's so straightforward, and she really kind of ignited the fire to up my content game, to, you know, stay consistent on my podcasts, and to get everything tightened, get my marketing, my branding tightened, so I just wanted to give a shout out to her, and thank her for everything that she does for her community, and helping heal women through whole plant-based foods. I look forward to learning so much from her. So I'm really excited about the makeover on my podcast. I think, you know, if not the last episode, the episode before that I was talking about, I could not figure out a name for it. I couldn't really figure out what direction I was going in with it. And I was just really, really lost as far as to what the hell am I doing, right? So I'm now kind of 
figuring out what my identity is in the holistic health world and the doula world and the plant-based world and I'm tying it all together and I've been using the hashtag that plant-based doula for a long time basically since I started my businesses I already own that plant-based kitchen and you know it just made sense for me to just go ahead and use that plant-based doula as branding I'm you know using my name is great and all but I just I wanted something that stands out a little more something that kind of Let's the audience know what I'm doing, what I'm about, who I am in my name. So I'm really excited about that plant-based doula podcast. If you go onto Instagram or even Facebook and just type in that plant-based doula, you'll find my pages, you'll find my hashtags, and I'm super, super stoked to say the least. So I have lots of episodes and lots of topics that I'm wanting to do, some examples of those topics would be the lymphatic system, which I'm taking a 20-day detox from my Facebook newsfeed right now, and I know that sounds so weird and specific, but I don't know about y'all, but when I'm scrolling through Facebook and I see controversial post after controversial post and dividing and debating and arguing and name-calling and shaming and just all the bullshit, I'm just like, it drains me. And I know everybody's an empath nowadays, (laughs) but other people's energy straight up drains me. So I need, I needed to just kind of step away. I wanted to take those days to really work on my content, work on my branding, work on my contracts, work on my website. I mean, you name it. Everything has kind of just been left by the wayside. And so when I come back onto Facebook in my group, my free community, Mindful Mamas, it's got the little moon emoji after it. Um, we will be talking on the Tuesday tea about lymphatic system. And if you haven't tuned into a Tuesday tea episode, you really need to because I love these more than the podcast, maybe. And it's kind of a close call because the podcast is, I mean, I could sit here in like my underwear and record and nobody knows the difference. Um, But I love the live episodes of the Tuesday Tea because I get the opportunity to discuss live with my community various topics. Oh my goodness, my child was going crazy in the background there for a second. (laughs) So we we can discuss live various topics. Um, We've talked about you know, home birth, we've talked about myths surrounding pregnancy and childbirth that you're told that, you know, I kind of busted those myths. Um, There's been so many different topics and it's really proven helpful to the women and moms in that community. And just to let you know, Mindful Mamas is for all women. It's not just for moms. You are a mindful mama if you are choosing to live a cleaner, uh, a cleaner lifestyle, eating whole plant-based foods. That doesn't mean you only eat whole plant-based foods because I get you. Like, I understand if you're making the, the conscious choice and the effort to do better, you are definitely a mindful mama and you need to be in my group. Um, I've learned lots of stuff from other women in there. And I have professionals who are nutritionists, who are um, coaches, who are 
life coaches, things like that. I mean, different professions, doulas even, so that they can share their knowledge and their wisdom with all of us. And, you know, there's somebody for everybody. And I may not be the doula for you, but I'm sure there's a doula in my group that is or vice versa. So I really love the networking aspect of it as well. So some episode or some podcast topics I wanted to discuss in the future would be like lymphatic system. Um, I wanted to talk more in depth about my birth story, the one that that came after the baby high wore off. Um, we're going to go into depth about celery juice, fertility herbs, and fertility in general, vaginal or yoni steaming, postpartum herbs, postpartum nutrition. We'll talk about different energies and discernment. Discernment is a huge topic and theme for me right now, and we'll go into that in another podcast. Today, though, we are going to be talking about missed miscarriage and the things that doctors don't tell us. So I'm really excited to to talk about this topic. Alright, so first I feel like I need to kind of go and tell the whole, like, this is the day that I found out I was pregnant and this is what I experienced. And it's important to note that, okay, just like every conception is different, every pregnancy is different, every childbirth is different. I mean, even within one woman, she can have three completely pregnant, different pregnancies, three completely different childbirths experience overall. So I understand, and I want you to know that I understand that this may not apply to everybody, but there will be at least one person who's like, oh my goodness, that exact thing happened to me, or I'm going through that exact same thing right now. And this isn't to, to like educate you on this is exactly what happens during a miscarriage, but it's to share my experience and then hopefully somebody is listening that they can relate. And if you're needing any advice or you're needing tips for getting through the the miscarriage or even after, I'm your girl. So you can contact me, message me, email me, call me, whatever. Send smoke signals if you have to. Um, But let's get together and let's get a plan of action to get you healing, um, you know, mind, body, spirit, and get you on the path of where you're trying to go. So, and every story is going to look different. Everybody's going to react different. So this is just my experience. So back in May, I guess for background information, my last period was April 24th and it lasted about four days. And mind you, this was like my second period since having my baby um, last July. And so... You know, in May, just for full disclosure, me and my husband were getting down and dirty, and I'm like, ooh, let's make a baby, you know? (laughs) I mean, sometimes we just say stuff, and so sorry, my alarm is going off. I have an alarm every hour that reminds me to breathe, and we'll talk about this in another, in a future episode when we talk about breath work and things like that, Um, but I'm going to breathe real quick. Now, if you didn't breathe with me, you need to take a second to breathe in for 10 seconds, hold it, and breathe out for 10 seconds. Okay. So, you know, sometimes in the midst of things, you say some stuff, and it's all sounds all sexy at that moment. And now thinking about it, it's kind of funny, but... <laughs> so I'm like, ooh, let's make a baby. So, you know, we did the do, and 
we did what we had to do to, to get pregnant in a sense. And literally three days after that, and I have documentation of all of this because just for my own records, I guess. But like three days after that, I felt pregnant. I just knew that I was pregnant. I knew that he was successful and we were successful, whatever. And I was like, whoa, you know, but obviously I couldn't, I couldn't test to confirm for quite a while, a couple weeks. And so I believe that was on the 13th. Yes. So it was the 10th where we did the deed. And on the 13th, I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm pregnant. Okay. So then I went a week later and I was visiting my mom and the Friday before I left on the, on the 22nd of May, I took a test at home and it was negative. And I'm like, Hmm. Okay. Which my period was due in, in supposedly like three days. And I've tested way earlier than my period was due and it's been positive before. So I thought this time would be no different, but it was negative. So I'm like, okay, I guess I'm not pregnant, whatever. No big deal. You know, I am, I was not like a lot of women are right now, you know, struggling with infertility. I did for a few years and that is why I'm so passionate about helping women with fertility now. Um, but this is not one of those stories where like, I tried 10 times and this was the 11th time and all of that. Like it was just something we were just on a whim type of thing. And we know we want to have a big family and we're able to provide for it and all of that. So why not? So anyway, I went about my weekend and I went and visited my mom and I remember going and laying down on the 23rd, which is a Saturday, laying down and I'm sleeping on an air mattress at my mom's house and I just felt my ovaries and my uterus. Like I felt it. It was almost like it was, I don't know how to explain it other than like it was outlined in fire and it wasn't a burning like, Oh, this is uncomfortable. It's just, I was very hyper aware of my ovaries and my uterus. And I literally could feel the weight of them. I could feel the shape of them. I could feel them pulsating in my body. It was just this crazy high vibrational, feeling coming from my reproductive organs. And that Sunday I was like, mom, um, have you ever experienced anything like this? And she looked at me and she was like, baby, are you sure you're not pregnant? Which she knew that I thought I was and that I wanted to be. And so I kind of like sat in silence for a minute and then I was like, hmm. And I ran to the bathroom and I had one more test and I took it and immediately it turned positive. This is a day before my period was due, right? And obviously I'm pretty excited. I call my husband. I tell him he's excited, all that good stuff. Well, obviously after that, my mind really knew I was pregnant. So I started feeling a lot of the symptoms, like really just exhaustion. My, my boobs had already been sore the week or two prior because, um, I'm aware of my boobs because I am breastfeeding still. And I was at that point as well. And but this time, you know, knowing when your mind knows something, it's crazy what it, what it can manifest in your body. So I had confirmation that I was pregnant. So I just became fatigued. I became so hungry. And, um, luckily I wasn't really vomiting. I would have like waves of nausea, but no vomiting. So I went about, I went about my day, went about my weeks. Um, just happy that I was pregnant to June. I was supposed to go have an ultrasound. So, okay. When I got pregnant this time, I was like, I'm doing this pregnancy completely unassisted. I'm going to do my birth unassisted. This is my plan for my last pregnancy, but with the birth unassisted part, right? Um, 
I'm going to do it all on my own. I got this. I know I studied so hard for this, et cetera, et cetera, which I don't recommend anybody do unassisted pregnancy unless that's something they really want to do. So don't let like your favorite, you know, natural guru talk you into it. Um, it's something that you have to be prepared and wanting and willing to do mind, body, spirit. Um, it's not just because Susie's doing it. It's something that you, you have to do. If you're not comfortable doing it, then don't do it. But for me personally, this is how I wanted to go about things. I really hate doctors offices. I don't really hate doctors for the most part, but I don't like the atmosphere of their offices. I don't like the waiting. I don't like having to take my kids in and then the exposure to the germs and X, Y, and Z. And now we're in COVID-19 and they make you wear masks and I'm just not about that life. So yes, I wanted to avoid all of that craziness. So um, I, I plan I was doing unassisted and I even debated with doing any ultrasounds because of the things I've learned about ultrasounds and how they affect, um, fetuses. And I just, I was really on the fence, but I was like, okay, I'm going to do one in the beginning and then I'll do one later for anatomy scan just to be sure everything's okay. Because for me and for never having an unassisted pregnancy before I had to take like baby steps, you know, like I could not be comfortable just being like, okay, you know. And it's crazy because this is where intuition comes into play. And this happened to me once before. Um, let me just tell you, I have had quote unquote losses before, but I've never had one like this. Um, so back in 2014, I had a blighted ovum or maybe it was 2013, had a blighted ovum, which essentially is when your body thinks it's pregnant, but nothing ever forms in your uterus, which to me, every woman's going to process that differently. But for me, knowing that nothing had grown inside me, I was able to get over it quickly, you know. Um, I was a little disappointed because I thought I was pregnant and then I wasn't, but not, to me, nothing, like, died, in a sense. So, there there was that. And then, in 2017, I had an ectopic pregnancy, which is a pregnancy that grows outside of the uterus. It could be um, in the fallopian tube, it could even be, like, outside an ovary, um, or even inside an ovary, just in odd places that aren't where they're supposed to be. It's called ectopic and you cannot move ectopic pregnancies to the womb. You cannot transfer them and then have a successful pregnancy. What typically happens, um, what happened with me is that I had, the fetus was growing in my fallopian tube and I happened to go to the emergency room because this was back in the day and I... And I say back in the day and it was like three years ago, but <laughs> I was just like, I'm such a control freak and I wanted to know, you know, and so some women will go to the emergency room, myself included, and be like, I'm bleeding, I'm cramping, and they do an ultrasound and then you get to see your baby. Well, this time, I don't know if this is intuition or karma, <laughs> but they found that I had what they thought was a cyst in my fallopian tube or an ectopic pregnancy. It ended up being an ectopic pregnancy. So what happens in that event is the... Uh, fetus will grow, grow, grow until it bursts your fallopian tube. And a lot of women, um, women can die from it, from bleeding out, from hemorrhaging. And there's a lot of complications that go into that. So after being diagnosed with ectopic pregnancy from my OBGYN, I waited about eight days and just, I really prayed about it. I, I really did. I wanted it to be what they were saying. I wanted it to be the exact opposite of what they were saying. Um, but in my heart, I knew, and I think it, my heart always knew, and that's why I wanted to go to the emergency room, 
So I had a drug administered called methotrexate to terminate the pregnancy and I continued my life after that. Now, we had been trying to get pregnant at that point. You know what? This is a totally different topic, so we're not going to go into that. So I have experienced some losses um, in a sense and how you take your losses, that is completely up to you and your reaction is how you should react. Um, don't let anybody ever tell you different. Don't let anyone tell you like, oh, you should just get over it. If you had a chemical pregnancy or blighted ovum and you are feeling sad over that, that is okay. Nobody can tell you how to process things. It's about what you do with that information and how you move forward with it that matters. So now I had scheduled an ultrasound for June 30th when I should have been I don't even know at this point. Um, I think I was like 10 weeks pregnant. I should have been 10 weeks pregnant at that point. But I got impatient and I'm like, okay, well, I am going to move it up a week, right? So at this rate, when I went in, let me think, I have to backtrack because I'm looking at my calendar right now and none of it's making sense, <laughs> which sounds, sounds like me. So... When I was going in, let me look, four weeks. Okay, so I should have been eight weeks when I went in on the 22nd of June, right? Which that's plenty of gestational age for them to see anything on a, on a transabdominal ultrasound, which is an ultrasound done on the outside. And this was just a little private scan place. This was not a doctor. They don't do diagnose, diagnostic scans unless you have doctor's orders, which again, like, ugh, just gag me that you have to have a doctor sign a piece of paper that gives you permission to put something inside your body. It's just beyond me, but whatever. So, um, they did a transabdominal and I did not go with the full bladder because I just totally didn't even think about it. But I went in and all they saw at this point was a gestational sac, which obviously does not correlate to being seven or eight weeks pregnant. So at that point, I kind of start panicking, not right then with the, the, the tech, you know, but I'm like, oh my goodness, like nothing's adding up. This doesn't make sense, you know, but then I'm like, okay, maybe you just ovulated late. You are breastfeeding, which is very typical when you're breastfeeding. So I went back a week later, literally on, what was it, the 29th, and they saw a baby at this point, and they saw a strong heartbeat of 150 beats per minute, but she said that the baby was only measuring at that rate <clears throat> like six weeks in one day, which still, I'm like, okay, I should have been like eight weeks at this point. That's strange, and I've never experienced any of my babies um, not matching up to their measurements, ever, at any point during a pregnancy, in the beginning or the end or anything. So, but I'm happy because I see a heartbeat, but she tells me at that point that I have a subchorionic hemorrhage, which is just a bleed that sits on a certain layer of your uterus. It's kind of in between the uterus and where the placenta would attach, Um and a lot of women have it. A majority of women actually have these in their pregnancies and the minor ones don't really affect anything. It's the major ones that you have to be, like the bigger ones that you have to be um, cautious of. And I had never really heard of it um, except for in my, my readings and I didn't focus on it too much because I'd never experienced it. And at that time when I was studying 
it was for my pregnancy and my, my childbirth and all of that. So that was new to me. I had never experienced that or been diagnosed with that during pregnancy before. And they were like, are you bleeding or cramping? And I'm like, no, I haven't had anything. So she's like, okay, it'll just go away on its own. She blew it off. She brushed it off. Like it was, you know, pretty minor. And I, I understand why considering it's typically does not have negative effects on your pregnancy. So then, um, fast forward, I went to Colorado to visit my dude. He was working there and I scheduled an ultrasound for, what day was it? The 6th, I believe, Monday, July 6th. And I was really looking forward to this. I should have been, based on my ultrasounds, I should have been like eight weeks. And... I went in and she scanned, she scanned, <clears throat> my voice isn't breaking because I want to cry. It's breaking because my thyroid is insane. <laughs> so, um, she scanned and my baby was there, but there was no heartbeat. There was no movement and it was still only measuring according to this ultrasound tech at barely six weeks, which led me to believe then or know that my baby had probably stopped growing and stopped living shortly after my last ultrasound. And of course that was heartbreaking for me. And even when I sit and talk about it right now, like it's, it's very painful of going back to that moment and realizing that all the, the plans that I had started to make and, you know, my, my oldest daughter talking about it and all of that just can't kind of came crashing down um, it was very, it was very tough. So that was on July 6th. So I told my husband and I told my mom and I told my mother-in-law, um, and my sister-in-law who I had stayed with that she, you know, she's kind of close to the ultrasound place. I had to drive all over just to get things done in Colorado. But I told those people and I, I didn't really want to tell other people at that point. And the first two days, first two or three days was pretty rough for me. I, I wallowed, I cried, I let all of the pain and the emotion come out. But for me personally, it's not something that I can live in because I have always been prone to dwelling and getting down on myself. So I gave myself a, a limit of time to, you know, I allowed myself to feel that. But then after a certain point, I had to get up and I had to function for my other children and kind of think about the big picture. And I want to remind you all as you're listening to this that the way I process things may not be the way you process things. And you may be kind of like, whoa, like is she heartless or is she, you know, I don't know. I don't want you to perceive me or see me as um, a harsh person because of the way that I chose to heal and to get through such an event. Um, but every healing looks different for everybody, right? So I just want to remind you of that. So, you know, the thing I think that was hardest right then was like, what do you mean? I still feel pregnant. I, I still feel pregnant. I felt completely pregnant and that, that breaks my heart now because having to deal with everything that comes with pregnancy and the hunger and the fatigue and everything, but knowing that it's not going to produce um, a successful pregnancy was really just, it was painful 
And at this point, I knew I had options. Now, mind you, I still had not seen a doctor, a medical doctor, an OBGYN or anything like that. So I w- this was all on me at this point. And I was determined to continue the unassisted plan that I had before. But I knew at this point that there was higher risks that um, I needed to watch for hemorrhaging. I, when the time came, I needed to watch for infection. And... I was ready to take those on, but I was a little, I was a little cautious, you know, because it, my children rely on me. And so I had the option of, you know, getting a DNC, getting an appointment to get a DNC or letting everything pass naturally. And I will just say this from a natural standpoint, and your doctors will tell you differently that a DNC has no risks or side effects. Well, the thing is, while a DNC may speed up the process and you can be done with it, you know, quicker. And I believe the bleeding doesn't last as long. You still run the risk of uterine perforation, of scarring in the uterus. Um, and that could then lead to infertility and a slew of other issues. So when you opt for a DNC, I mean, at some point in gestation, there may be no other choice and, and that's completely understandable. And at that rate, you have to do what you have to do for your body. But when you're early enough that your ba- your baby could possibly pass through on its own, I would like for you to seriously weigh your options and always do what's best for you mentally and physically. Mentally is big here, right? Because a lot of times we just want to get the process over with. I know I did. But I also didn't want to run the risk of causing other risks, other problems, So I waited like three days and I just, my mind was going crazy. I'm like, oh my gosh, when is this going to take place? I I joined some, you know, miscarriage support communities, um, trying to kind of, I asked questions and I did get a lot of help in the the main group that I, I posted questions and and things in lots of amazing support in there. Just lots of heartbreak, honestly. Um, And I see a lot of women opted for DNC, but just as many women opted for the natural process to take place. So around that three-day mark, I actually, and this is crazy if this doesn't say anything to the power of words, and I don't know what does, but I called a couple of doctor's offices in that area and asked about a consult to get in to schedule an ultrasound and then most likely a DNC or, you know, see what the options were. And... It was then that I said, I'm ready to move on. I just want to move on. That within an hour, I started to bleed. And it was just light spotting. It wasn't anything crazy. And now hindsight tells me it wasn't indicative of the actual process starting right then. Because I then literally bled or spotted on and off for about nine days. 10 days. And that was frustrating to me, um, that it was just, you know, I thought it was going to happen and then it would just fizzle out. And it was very similar to actual pregnancy. And, you know, when you're at the end of your term, at the end of your pregnancy, all the signs you question like, okay, is this it? Is this the time? Am I about to go into labor? If you've ever experienced prodromal labor, prodromal contractions. Oh my goodness. That feels like it's actual labor. So it's really hard to tell even in a loss what's what. And I see a lot of similarities in both phenomenons. 
So it was actually fate would have it. <laughs> and I laugh because it's just my life. Like my ti- the timing and events in my life is always just so hilarious to me. So my daughter, my youngest daughter, she just turned one on the 21st. Happy birthday, baby. <laughs> so on the 19th, we all had family come, um, and we went to this hotel or this restaurant across the street from the hotel we're staying in. And we had a little, you know, get together for her and ate and had cake and presents and all that stuff. Well, that was on the 19th. Well, the morning of the 19th at 3 a.m. is when I woke up in the most excruciating pain. Like it was a contraction that woke me. And you guys, when I say that this whole event that happened for the next hour and a half was just like labor. I mean it. I'm not exaggerating. I have experienced labor fully at home with no medication. Um, and I've obviously had two other children prior to that. This is just like labor. And most stories I've heard of them naturally passing their, their babies. It's exactly the same. Um, as far as the, the feeling and the intensity. So my contractions were coming. I didn't really, I didn't really calculate them like to a T, but I was, you know, half-ass calculating them, but they were coming like every 30 to 45 seconds and lasting a good 30, 30 seconds to a minute. And they were intense. And it's odd to say, but I'm really thankful that I experienced experience this experience because I actually got to feel the moment that I went into quote-unquote transition. I was on my hands and knees in the bathtub just praying to God to make this end. I just wanted it to be over. And mind you, this whole week leading up, so it was a two-week process between when I found out that my baby had passed to when this process actually took place. I just felt disgusting. I felt bloated. I felt sick. I felt hormonal. I felt sad, mad, toxic. All of the negative feelings you can feel, I feel like I felt them in those two weeks. And I was passing a lot of clots, a lot of blood. I mean, a lot. And I was cramping. I was cramping. I was contracting. It was, it was crazy. And When I passed the placenta, which was the most noticeable, I guess, object you could say that I passed, as soon as it left my vaginal canal, I felt immediate, immense relief. Not only did I feel relief, I felt warmth all over my body, I felt happy, I felt clean, I felt empty. And... It's just like when I gave birth to my daughter last time, I remember the, the getting her, you know, her coming out and I hate that I pushed, but I had a medwife and that is a story for probably my, one of my next episodes. But as soon as she came out, I was just like, oh, I forgot everything that I just experienced. And that's exactly what happened this time. And that's when I knew, okay, everything's out now. Um, she's gone. And... I do fully believe that my baby was a girl. Um, when I thought I was pregnant 
And then when I found out for sure I was pregnant, the name Luna Rain came to mind like that was my baby's name. And I don't know if the baby was telling me that's her name. I don't know. But that was her name and that's the name that is it stuck with her. And um, not to be so graphic, you know, some women choose to keep the remains of what, what passes. I did not choose to do that. And the process is over. And I just felt immediately better. I can't explain it to you, but I'm assuming that when flesh starts to rot inside, it probably takes a major toll on your mental and your emotional well-being as well as your physical. And I honestly had to step back and look at the big picture and think that, you know, this probably is not the right time, that this is a, a message to me that I need to be patient and I need to focus on my children at hand and my business and everything else that's going on. I mean, the world is a crazy place right now and not to get <laughs> biblical on you, but they say that in the end days, it's the women, the mothers of the young children that, you know, woe is, is to be unto them because it's hard to hide. It's hard to keep quiet with young babies and young children. And, um, I'm hoping that I don't experience that in my lifetime, but we're getting to these points in our history that you can't help but to like prepare, but I'm not going to dwell on that topic too much in here. So, you know, to me, it's just crazy that you're not really told that you're going to essentially have to go into labor and birth your, your fetus, your, your baby. Um, for an hour and a half, I contracted the way that I did. And I mean, it was exactly like birth. And I had that high and that energy after everything passed. And it's okay to be relieved. It's okay to to look at the positives of a loss if you can find any. And it's also okay to be hysterical. It's okay to be disappointed. I know for so many women out there who this is their 10th miscarriage or loss. This is their third. This is their first. Um it's not an easy thing to get through and there's no right way to, to get through it. So this is, this is my experience and some tips to get through it. You guys, you ladies is, so when I found out what I started doing during the week, I tried to eat, you know, even cleaner and in a hotel room, it can be hard, but it's not impossible. Um, I will be, putting out some tips for eating clean on the road because I'm always traveling. We're always on the road. We're always going. So that's another topic, another everything. But, um, I started to eat as clean as possible. I started to eat like anti-inflammatory foods, garlic, which helps kill any type of infection. Obviously I was very aware of any infection. I started double, like I upped my intake of vitamin C. There are certain herbs and things that you can take to induce the process to start faster. Um, but if you're, if you're wanting information on that, you can message me and we can work through that and we can talk about those details then. 
So, but I just upped my intake of vitamin C and then I started to work out. I started walking and doing, you know, cardio, not for too long, but um, just enough to get my blood flowing and um, I was doing like uterine massages and drinking tons of water and just really trying to tell my body that it's okay to let go, just let go. And I had to shed some tears for my body too because I felt so bad for her that it's almost like <clears throat> she wanted to be pregnant so bad that even though the baby had passed, she just continued to hold on. And that really makes me sad. That part makes me really, really sad. But <clears throat> I just did things to support the loss in a sense. You know what I'm saying? Like if you are are at risk of miscarriage, these are some things that you don't do. You know, you need to be bed on bed rest. You need to be just resting. And obviously you need to be eating clean. You need to be drinking plenty of water, taking your prenatals. But these are things that I did to kind of speed up the process. I, um, and I think I really feel like the working out actually really helped and anti-inflammatory foods really helped. I don't know, but I finally got a juicer. It was hard to obtain one where I was. <clears throat> so sorry. But I got a juicer and I was juicing celery juice two to three times a day for like two or three days leading up to when it finally started. And I'm not sure. I, I wanted to ask Heather actually and a couple of other people what their thoughts were on it. Now, I don't, I don't fully believe that celery juice is the main cause of the process starting. I would hate to believe that because then that would mean that you probably shouldn't be juicing celery juice at at that rate while you're pregnant. So I'm not sure, but maybe, um, in the sense that it was like detoxing, taking out toxins and maybe it registered that as that at that point, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. This is just my own inner mind rambling, but yes. Yeah, so those are some things that I did to kind of speed up the process and just telling my body it's okay. Meditating in that and manifesting that and, um, then it was after that that, and it's kind of crazy, but it was that day at midnight that I was planning on taking this this break from Facebook. So it's almost, you know, that happened. I got to have my daughter's birthday that day, and then now I've been on this break, and I cannot tell you a better idea I've had in the past few months because this has helped me so much mentally. It has helped me focus more on my work and my content. Um, it's It's been nice to not get involved in all the bullshit that's on Facebook. So I hope that this, I don't know. I hope that you found some peace in this podcast. I hope that you found some, you know, somebody that relates to you. And if you're going through this, if you're just, if you just found out that your baby's passed, but you don't have any symptoms of a miscarriage or loss yet, I hope that you, you know, can try some of these techniques that I've mentioned or you can message me for help. My consultations right now are free. That's about to change. So I'm telling you right now, if you are wanting to get in with me for holistic nutrition counseling or any of my doula work, um, any of that, go visit my website, serenity4.com. If you go on my Instagram, I have a link there that has all my links, um, thanks to Linktree. And get in with me now because my consults are about to, my free consults are about to go away. So if you're needing 
you know, tips on getting through a miscarriage, things that you can do to speed up the process outside of a, of a DNC, then don't be afraid to message or call or text or email me. I would love to talk to you. I would love to listen to you. If you're just wanting to cry, if you're wanting to tell your story, I am here for you. And I think it's really important for you to understand too, after the process has taken place, after you've passed everything, that you should be treating your body as if it is postpartum. And there are many things that you can do and herbs that you could be taking. Um, aside from if you're breastfeeding, you do need to be careful with certain herbs, obviously. But if you're not, then you need to be acting as if you're postpartum. You need to be eating warming foods. You need to be eating anti-inflammatory foods as clean as possible, drinking tons of water. Um, coconut water is amazing. And... Um, vaginal steaming is actually very beneficial to cleansing everything out. You don't want to do it while you're on your period, but if you are postpartum and bleeding, it's totally okay. Um, just kind of consult with your trusted healthcare provider if you must. And just know that I am here for you and that I do understand. And there is just no right way of going about how to process these types of things. Me personally, I'm grateful. I'm not grateful to have lost my baby, but I'm grateful for the experience and I'm grateful for the reminder to slow down, be patient. You know, I still have a lot of work to do with my own health and it's about, you know, more than losing 50 pounds in a few months, which I did do. Um, but there's a lot of stuff going on inside me that I know I need to address and, so that's what I'm going to be focusing on and focusing on helping, continuing to help you and helping my family. So yeah, that's where we're at. I really, really appreciate all of you and your support. Um, if you want to be entered into a giveaway to receive a bottle of my Goddess Glow face and body oil to promote my new lymphatic cleanse challenge that's going to be taking place in the beginning of August... You need to go to my Instagram at that plant-based doula. The, the giveaway is also taking place on Facebook. So there's going to be two winners. And this challenge is going to be a course or classroom setting, but it's going to be completely free. So if you've taken any of my courses, Eat Like a Goddess or the Tracking and Charting Cycling course, um, then you know kind of a gist of what it's going to be like, but it's going to be even more interactive with even more information. And we're going to be talking about dry brushing and the importance of our lymphatic system and how to cleanse it and why we need to cleanse it. So you will win um, a free bottle of Goddess Glow face and body oil when you go enter that contest. And, you know, screenshot this post, share it with your friends or this podcast, sorry, share it with your friends. And yeah, I don't know how often I'm going to be doing these podcasts, if like every other day or every week or what. I have lots of topics I want to cover, so we'll just kind of play it by ear and see how things go. But thanks as always for listening, and I really look forward to speaking with you in the future. Stay well, stay mindful. Bye. Hey gorgeous, if you love this episode, could you do me a favor? Screenshot this episode and post it on your stories and tag at that plant-based doula. Thanks so much and I hope you have a wonderful week.